I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Psych Legal Pop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. And I'm Tess Brigham. I'm the therapist. I wonder at what point we stop saying our last names. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. I'm just kind of used to, you know, because in my working, I'm always saying my full name. Yeah, singer. Um, so I guess it's not really natural. <laughs> we just, yeah, it's very formal. It is very formal. And, you know, yeah, we're just now like discovering this after <laughs> recording 25 episodes. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe next time we'll drop that. Well, and also we have the same last name, so it's a little bit of where you know. Well, I guess maybe because we don't say we're sisters in our intro. Um, it's just maybe we, oh yeah. to make sure we're sisters. But if I just say oh I'm here, my name is Brooke. I'm here with my, my sister, sister Tess. Tess. Yeah, we probably could drop the last. Yeah, name. okay. You're you you all are here. <laughs> this groundbreaking moment uh, of the yes. Psych Legal Pop podcast. Note the date when <laughs> that this happened. This happened. You saw it all. All right. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So today we're doing something new. People. We're doing something new. We're calling this, I guess, Hot Topics. Hot Takes. What did you hot call takes? it? Oh, Hot Culture. <laughs> pop culture. Is it a pop culture? Hot culture. Yeah, I don't know. Just, you know, what pop culture is happening right now as we speak. And I don't know, maybe this will be outdated by the time time you listen to it. That's the problem. That's the problem with hot topics. I mean, yeah, they're really not hot after a 24-hour, 48-hour news cycle. With podcasts, you know, uh, sometimes it takes me a while to get to podcasts. You know, they, they download, but I don't have time to listen. And then it's old news. So, yeah, I all right. So, All right, so do you want to do you want to talk about the topics cuz I feel like if we come up with something new we can, you know. Why don't we just start going down the list? Yeah, we're just going to tell everyone. Yeah, we're topics. just okay. going to go Okay, so first we thought we would talk about a couple things that are happening happening in housewives land. Yes, if you're a Bravo Housewives fan. So, Brooke and I both watch 
uh, real, we've always been Real Housewives fans. This is, we've always talked about it. Our mother was always like, who are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody you know. I know who you know, mom. So don't get, this isn't anyone that you need to be worried about. Um, and then for me personally, I was such a devoted fan and I, you know, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, watch what crap yeah, is. Ben that was the Ronnie. first podcast I ever listened to. Really, you mm-hmm. turn, and you turned me on. I love Ben and Ronnie, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to hug Ronnie once. That we was a, did. Yes, we, we saw them in, in a live show. We were walking past the venue, and Ronnie was outside smoking a cigarette. Yeah, it was like Ronnie, like <laughs> like we know you. It was so sweet. He was he, so sweet. He hugged us and he talked to us, and he was great. Yeah, uh, he's just stars, just like us. Yes. <laughs> But, uh, and then 2020 hit, and I don't know, something switched inside of me in the midst of the pandemic was I just had a hard time watching these women. Mm -hmm. You know, I really could not, just with everything that was going on in the world in 2020, it was, I know for some people that was an escape and I understand it, but something switched for me. I just started to get really turned off. And then... I watched some of Orange County when they were in the lock- yeah. in lockdown and just that was annoying. And, you know, the politics of everything and everything that was going on in the world, I was just like, I can't do it. So since that time, I really haven't been paying attention, but I know enough because if, well, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. If you are part of a certain number of Facebook groups and you get on page six enough you can right. get every last detail oh yeah the, if they're in the news you can't get away from it so what are you but are you watching any right now or not? i am not i have not watched a full season of housewives and i don't know how long and some of them have been years for me um so i haven't watched i i haven't watched you know the one franchise that i will always watch no matter what is orange county mm-hmm. and i don't know why because you know maybe that was the first well, one, and I don't know, there's something about it. I just, I always like it. Yeah. Um, well, it is good, but I really, and I was thinking about watching it when Heather Dubrow came back. Yeah, that's, I but was, I was just like, God, I don't need to watch this woman show me her $20 million house for 90 episodes. And I don't know, I was just kind of turned off by it. And then, you know, if you, if you pay attention to anything, I heard everything that happened. So I was like, right. well, why watch it? I know everything that's going on. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, there have been a couple things in the news during the last week. The first one was Lisa Rinna, um, you know, claims she's leaving Housewives. Nobody ever leaves the Housewives. Yeah. But they're nice enough to let the women (laughs) pretend (laughs) like they are leaving. And they let them do their own announcement and whatever. So Lisa Rinna announces she's, quote unquote, leaving the Housewives. And I have to say, I'm glad because one of the reasons I stopped watching Beverly Hills was because couldn't stand Lisa Rinna, mm-hmm. couldn't stand Erica Jane. You know, there was just some people who I was just like, I can't with these. They just yeah. got on my nerves so badly. And she's one of them. And she just kind of got weird. Yeah. She got weird the last couple of years. Yeah. And I don't quite know why. I mean, was it was it, because Lisa Rinna has been poking around Hollywood forever and yeah. she's been around forever. And but this seemed to give her stardom on a different level mm-hmm. it seemed like to me and i think i don't know if she started to believe that she was bigger than the show or bigger than this or bigger than that or um she i know she blamed a lot of stuff on her mother's passing but that's not really a no a good excuse i mean 
she was a very in the beginning when she was first there she was like a rational person yeah. you would listen to her and i enjoyed her and i liked her and i liked how she was a working actress who really saw this as a job you know this is my job this is what i'm gonna do i don't know i feel like the closer she got to erica the more of an asshole she became personally yeah. um i never really liked erica either i so. stand erica i've never liked her and she's just insufferable to me. And that whole vibe of hers is entertaining for about a minute. Mm -hmm. That whole like, look at me, I'm a, a pop star and I get my makeup done and I'm doing all these videos and look at, you know, that whole sort of, um, you know, I'm loved in gay clubs kind of that whole vibe of hers. I just, it, it, it didn't feel real or authentic. It felt really perform performative. Mm -hmm. And... Then as more and more time went on, especially when all the stuff with Tom came out, it just got worse and worse. Yeah. And worse. Her personality got worse. And the way she handled the whole thing was Yeah. But you noxious. said this too, which is you, but you said that legally she is being smart about the way she's handling everything. Yeah. I mean, I do agree that she, she really should not be talking about it mm -hmm. on the show. It's legally smart, but, but it's the way that she... Just the way she acted, like, you know, she, she, whenever anyone brought it up, you know, instead of her just politely saying, you know, I can't really talk about this and mm -hmm. this isn't really the time or the place to talk about, she would just go off. Like that time she went off on Sutton at a dinner party mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, she's like, if anyone brought it up at all, she just, why does she have to be so nasty about it? Mm-hmm. Just say, I can't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. This is really hard. You know, say, I don't know. But then I guess what would her storyline be? Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, the smartest thing for her to have done is not be on the show. Right. But she needed to be on the show partially money. money and she and she wasn't going to give up the one thing in her life that was working. Right. And now she's poor thing is living in a three bedroom casita or house oh, or with, the, with a poor with a pool. Yeah. So I, I feel really bad for her. But. Um, so she could not be on the show, but she couldn't possibly. I think that with Erica, she feels like I have to be really strong. Nothing can get to me. And I think what happened was that if she just sort of let herself be vulnerable and maybe not talk necessarily about the case of the lawsuit, but talk about, you know, her feelings. How hard this all How hard it's been. world comes crashing down. Yeah. Her feelings about Tom, everything that's going on. If she allowed herself to be vulnerable and be that person, I think that would have gone a long way. And so I, f I think that every time you see her get really mad and nasty and angry, that's, you know, that's her sadness. It just mm -hmm. comes out that way. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's what it is for a lot of people. They're, you know, Anger for a lot of people is far more comfortable than vulnerability or or anything else. Yeah, no, it's true. So she's very comfortable being angry. She is very comfortable being angry. That's her default. Yeah. Um, so then another thing that happened this week is Shannon Bedore from um, Orange County. She um, was dumped <laughs> yeah. by her longtime boyfriend, John Jansen. I think they'd been together four or five years. Yeah. So and she said this was the love of her life, which yeah. really surprised me. She she's and he said the same kind about her. He special. Well, he issued a statement, you know, when it was announced that they broken up, and he said how much he loved her, admired her, and said all these glowing things about her. But yet they're breaking up, and so it's really confusing. So 
I wa or I listened to the Jeff Lewis um, radio show on Sirius XM, mm -hmm. and um, he and Shannon are good friends, have been friends for many years, and so she was on his show, I think, on Thursday, and um, you know they talked about it, and I, I came to the conclusion that even though they the, these two really do love each other, I think there was a difference in. <laughs> I think that Shannon really wanted to be married again. Um, mm -hmm. She wanted him to propose to her. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be married and I, and he wasn't doing it. And she said that, you know, they just finished filming the latest season of Orange County. And she said in the final filming, John um, was filming and he, they were kind of wrapping up the season. And he said, yeah, you know, I really love Shannon and everything. And I just, I'm ready to take the next step with her. Mm -hmm. Which I guess meant marriage. And then Well, I think Shannon thought it was marriage. Shannon right? thought it was marriage. And then, you know, a few weeks later, like he's breaking up with her. But it also came out on the Jeff Lewis show that I think they argued a lot, argued and mm -hmm. bickered a lot about what I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was one of the things, but that, you know, they had a lot of fights and they had this pattern of, you know, um, they'd get in a big fight and then she would tell him to leave her house mm -hmm. or he would just leave and um, you know, it's just this pattern of there was something they were constantly arguing about. Yeah. And he just couldn't, he just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I do think what's interesting is obviously, you know, Shannon was such a rock star when she first got on the franchise mm -hmm. and really did the polar opposite of Erica Jane, which is she really showed, you know, Super she was vulnerable. so vulnerable to show the stuff with David and the affair and you know, laying in that grave, I will never forget that. <laughs> and her, her struggle with, like, she gained a bunch of yeah. weight. Oh, yeah. Losing weight. And she, and so when David, when she and David got divorced, I think a lot of people were very happy for her. Like, here, Shannon, you can go. You do this. Go for it. We love you. But what, seeing what happened with her and Tamara, her and Vicky, and the way her friendships are, I do wonder about Shannon because Tamara had always said that Shannon was a high maintenance friend. It was a storyline that and I think that this is one of the things about Shannon is I think Shannon is one of those people where it's about Shannon. Mm -hmm. You know, we all we all know those people. We all meet them where you pick up the phone and it's Shannon and she wants she's going to tell you about what's going on in her life and she wants advice and she wants help. And Tamara felt like, hey, you know, are you going to ask yeah, me about, about me? Yeah. me and my life and what I'm doing? But I think that Shannon is someone who it's about Shannon. And and David alluded to that, too. I, mm -hmm. I think that, listen, I don't know this John Jansen. John Jansen. Yeah. I don't know him at all. And I wasn't watching the show during the time of their relationship. But just seeing what we've seen with Shannon over the years, I just think that she I think Shannon's someone who. You know, I think she was born into a wealthy family, married wealthy people. I think that she's someone who just, it's, um, I don't know, I'm trying to find a, a way of saying this without being too mean. I just think that she's singularly focused a lot of the time. I think yeah. it's about her. And also her children are all grown. So I'm sure she, I think for her, she probably felt like, okay, now it's time for me to get married and I'm going to ride off into the sunset with John and have this kind of life. And and um, I'm sure this is why she's devastated. It's just when someone rips the rug right out from under yeah. you. Again, I think David 
in many ways did that. Yeah. But well, so I, I I feel for Shannon. I hope, and we're gonna watch this next season, right? Or Shannon, I want yeah. to, yeah. and talk about it on the show. So let's see how she does. Yeah. Oh, but but we're but, not the, gonna, but the, yeah yeah even filmed. So oh. yeah, this won't even be part of it. Interesting. Okay. Maybe we'll get some clues. Yes. Ooh, just like with the sister wife. Yes. Foreshadowing. Yes. We'll see some foreshadowing. I'm sure we'll figure out what the issues are. Yes. Oh, and then one other thing that happened in the past uh, week or two is Jen Shaw. Oh, from. Um, so what do you what do you think about the sentencing and that she got six and a half years? What do you think? I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, a lot of people thought she should have gotten more. Well, she took a plea deal where I think the maximum she could have gotten was like eight years. No, 10. Oh, 10. They, I think the state was recommending 10. And it's a real federal case. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So the feds are, yeah. Where they were recommending 10. And I believe that the, her counsel was recommending three. three. Yeah. And so I guess the judge was like, okay, I'll split, split the difference, difference which yeah. is exactly what they did. I think it's fair. I mean, she she was high up in yeah. in a in a. This is not some innocent thing, you know. It's very deliberate, intentional. They were ripping off old people. It was very specific. It was very targeted, and lucky she took that plea deal because I think her exposure was oh twenty years or more than more than that. Huge, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Salt Lake is another show. I I think I watched the first season, and then tried to get into it the second season and just quit i don't know i don't know what if it's me i'm just getting older i, I don't know these people are just not holding my attention yeah no. well you know I, I try but i'm just sort of like i don't care yeah well i try i never watched salt lake i just couldn't i just i didn't care at the time i didn't care and the feedback that i've heard from people is no one is telling me oh my god it's so amazing it's so wonderful all i heard about was how crazy Mary was with the mm -hmm. church and then yeah. you hear all that. And then, and just how Jen Shaw was so tough to watch and just oh, such an asshole awful. the entire time. And that's the thing about housewives is it's not meant to be six women that are just assholes to each other and yeah. mean and cruel, that it's really meant to show a slice of the, of the country and the world of, you know, women and you want them, you need them to be friends and have yeah. relationships. And I don't know. And then the other thing with Jen Shaw, her, her crime was so God awful. I read some of the people's uh, letters to the judge. I mean, just what she did was, you know, these poor people that she ripped off, you know, they're paranoid now they're, mm -hmm. you know, they don't leave their house. They're scared. They're this, they're that. I mean, she did a number on them. She stole their money and their life mm -hmm. savings. And, it really, really affected them. They, they feel, I think a lot of them feel really shameful and foolish. And, and and then after she gets sentenced, she goes on some lavish Italian dinner for 20 people. And I thought that was just like, God, Jen, like, have a heart. She's, she's just not a good person. She's not. She's a terrible person. And that's the thing, you know, housewives... It's, it's, you know, it's some of these franchises and some of these people are just getting out of control. They need to bring it back in. They need mm -hmm. to reel it in to, because the characters that are really good are people who, um, you know, can be themselves, mm -hmm. can be vulnerable. And that's why, like with Heather Dubrow, she doesn't bother me too much. I mean, because she's, she's at least being herself. That's mm -hmm. who she is, you know, and... But these these women who think that they need to take it up a notch to like 
some other level, mm-hmm. like Jen Shaw clearly yeah. thought she had to do, or, you know, just this in being inauthentic, you know, and it's like, yeah, people like to see, um, you know, the rich people and this and that. I don't really care so much about that. I just, if someone's authentic and they're interesting, mm-hmm. then they're interesting to watch. Yeah. But, the, but some of these women are trying to be characters. Yes. They go on the show and they're like, okay, this, uh, this is what I'm going to be. This is my character. Well, and the other part of it too, and I blame Erica Jane for this, is is that it was that the women, you know, they would look pretty, they would look beautiful and glamorous, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Each had their own style. And then Erica Jane comes on and she's got this makeup artist and everything's a look and a glam. And so suddenly she's like Kim Kardashian and she's planning every single outfit and every single look. And when they go to Germany, she's got to have this look for this day and this look. And so it's not about anything that, you know, I don't think it's not about going to dinner and spending time with friends and talking to other women. It was about my look and what the look is and getting photographed. And then Dorit started to do it. And it seems like yeah. that's and it seems like that's filtering into the other franchises yeah. because the franchises in the beginning weren't they they were about women of a certain wealth, but in in their marriages and their children. But it was not also to about, that extent. Not to this yeah. extent of that everything's about you're what you're wearing makeup every day professionally and yeah. And and then it's all about the look. Yeah. Um, versus I think what made the show interesting in the beginning, which was the the show about these women's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the show was in the beginning. And that's why I think I always gravitate back towards Orange County because with the exception of Heather Debro, you know, the the they seem just a little more regular to me. I don't know. Than the other women. They're not like off the charts. Yeah, they yeah. seem a little bit more regular, more normal. Not like Beverly Hills or... Now, I haven't watched Atlanta for a while because I know... Atlanta, I, think, I mean, Atlanta's always been really the number one rated and really successful. And I think a lot of that is... I don't know. I don't think they're doing the glam stuff in Atlanta. I don't think they're doing any of that. I think that it's very much... Atlanta has always dealt with family issues and relationships there's obviously been big personalities and and all of that on the show. I I don't know what's going on these days. I love Candy. I hope they never get rid of Candy. Oh yeah, well, she's she's the, she she's is like the neighbor of the yeah. show. And that's the other thing too. In each of these shows, in each franchise, you need at least one sane person. Mm-hmm. You need a Candy. <laughs> you know, you need maybe I don't know how people feel about Carol Radswell, but it was Bethany for a long time. Carol Radswell, you need someone who is going to look at them and be like oh god you know yeah and that's a bit of what lisa renna was doing in the beginning Mm -hmm. see that was the other thing back to lisa renna that was the other thing is if you look at it you know she had a friendship with denise richards that just got destroyed by the show and you know that's the thing it's she seemed to get nuttier and nuttier and nuttier and Mm -hmm. like ending relationships and friendships as she went along for the for the show yeah anyway well Let's move on. Um, this is next topic is really upsetting. Um, Lisa Marie Presley passed away uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. Age 54. Age 54. And I mean, I mean, I don't, I mean, what do you say? It's so, it's incredibly it's tragic. So tragic. She lost her son two years ago to suicide. Um, 
you know, she's lived in the shadow of her father and that tragedy for her whole life. And, um, I don't know. I, every, yeah, it's really sad. I think everyone just sort of feels like, you know, we watched her grow up and. Well, there was a lot of, I mean, you know this, when I was younger, I was a big Elvis yeah. fan. I used to be really into Elvis, his music. I remember reading that book, Priscilla, Elvis and Me Elvis by, Priscilla, and me, yeah. by Priscilla Presley. Now, looking back, I mean, I don't know when it occurred to me that Elvis was problematic. <laughs> yeah. I think it over slowly over time, I cared less about Elvis. And I also realized that he was there were problems, one of which being uh, that, you know, he, he was met, dating a 14 year old yes, or 15 year old. He met Priscilla when she was 14 yeah. and they had this very bizarre relationship. And I think he obviously was sleeping with other women and then like saving her for marriage because, mm -hmm. you know, she loses her virginity on the wedding night, conceives Lisa Marie. Mm -hmm. Lisa Marie is born nine months later. Um but uh, yeah, there were lots of problematic things about Elvis, but uh, Lisa Marie, yeah, we watched her grow up. She was, um, what was she? She was oof, nine, yeah, she eight, was nine, nine when died. her father died. Yeah. Um, she has good warm memories of her father, but I'm sure he wasn't around as much. Mm -hmm. she, uh, she and her mom, you know, she inherits this, this you know, she has this last name. She inherits um, all this money, and it seemed like for a while, like I thought that things were good with her first marriage. She married just kind of a regular musician, but you know, she was only like twenty years old. Oh, like she was when she got married, twenty, mm -hmm. maybe twenty-one. Um, she was she got married very young, and to has, that musician mm -hmm. Danny Keogh. She had two children, one being Riley Keogh, who is an actress, yeah, and then Benjamin Keogh, who passed away and then they were only married for five years five or six years but see i thought because this this i know all of this because i've been reading about it on the on the web yeah uh i thought she'd been married to to danny much longer i did too for um and then of course the infamous she marries michael jackson which yes. you know really everybody was like what is going what on here insists as she told this to oprah several times um, she insists that was a real marriage mm -hmm. and that she really loved him and they had a real marriage, which I still kind of find hard to believe. But Well, you've said this, that when when Michael Jackson would call her, it wasn't in that voice. Mm. And this, right. is what this is what was talked about in that Finding Neverland, right. too, was that Michael Jackson had a public voice mm -hmm. and that he had a private voice. And his private voice was much more like, Normal. hey, what's going on? How's yeah. it going? That, that... And that he would talk to her in that voice and she fell in love with that. And so that's where I'm like, we all have a perception of Michael Jackson mm -hmm. and there's a whole other, well, obviously we learn, you know, there's all a lot going on that we mm -hmm. didn't know. But, you know, with these, with the women that he married, I think he's a very different person. Yeah. So they kissed on the, at the Grammys. There was yeah. a big controversy. They were, they, they were like naked in a music video together. There was a lot of stuff, but that lasted two years. Mm -hmm. And then she um, she was engaged to someone else, and then she married Nicholas Nicholas Cage. Cage, and they were engaged, and then um, you know, then they eventually got married, but regretted it and divorced six months later or five months later. And then she and then I, and then when did she release an album? Because that album of hers was yeah. Um, I want to say be between Michael Jackson and Nicholas Cage, she released that album. Yeah. 
I think it was after. I think I heard that album. I did, I did too. It was the one that lights out in Memphis. So. Uh, and it was, and she was good. And people, she did a big media tour for that. And I remember people talked about how she had this, you know, the sneer and the movement, and and it was a good album. But then she stopped doing music. And she might have done maybe one other album after that. I thought. But again, that's really hard. I mean, to be in the shadow of your father, yeah. and then she married this last guy, Michael. Lockwood, who, and then they had twin daughters, mm-hmm. and they've been now they've they're divorced and they've been embroiled in a custody battle. Yeah, and it's just you know she was part of Scientology, and That's I guess right. and the, there's a lot of weirdness around there. I think she left Scientology, but she never publicly came out about any of the Scientology stuff. Um, and it's just it just she had a problem with uh, drugs, opioids, opioids, painkillers. Pain that thing we don't know at this stage we don't know what she passed away of um she could have had a heart attack it could have been something else but i don't know it's just you see her and it's just a really i mean i feel for priscilla Mm -hmm. like oh my god to lose your child you know that is just an awful 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 thing but also she was just it just always felt like she felt like always felt sad to me that's I, i never when I saw her, I never felt like she seemed like she was happy inside of herself. Yeah. And that's one thing about her. And I hope she's at peace now. But yeah. she is at peace. It's very, it's, it's, it's a big loss for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, losing her son yeah. is awful. Yeah. And like I was telling you, I saw her in an interview that she did talking about her son. And obviously any parent who loses a child, you never get over that. It's the most horrible thing that can happen but the way she was talking about it seemed even more dark to me like the things that she was saying how I think she might have even said she wished she was dead or something to that effect she said like she like she was never ever going to be happy again she was basically going to be sad for the rest of her life and I just never heard anyone talk about it quite that way but yeah this is this sadness like real sadness and I always felt that even with the Michael Jackson, it just always felt really sad. Mm-hmm. So I guess her mom got her into Scientology. And I think some weird stuff happened in Scientology, too. And I wonder if those kids were in Scientology, like the uh, the oldest ones. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know if that had to do with the kid's suicide or, or what. I, was he he must have been severely depressed. I think the son. Yeah, I think so. When yeah, he, obviously, any yeah. commit suicide is really depressed. But yeah, I don't know. I'd forgotten she was into that. But and also, too, I think Priscilla. Well, thank God for Priscilla. I think she would have had even more problems mm-hmm. if Priscilla hadn't been looking out for her. Because you know, like in Elvis's will, he left everything to Lisa Marie. Yeah, and one of the first things Priscilla did was uh, obviously she, you know, Lisa Marie was a minor, and so I'm sure that. Priscilla was involved in, you know, overseeing the finances mm-hmm. and everything until she was old enough to inherit the money. Um, Priscilla immediately went to court and got all the Elvis, um, like the Graceland stuff and the Elvis of all trademarked mm-hmm. so that people couldn't just rip it off and mm-hmm. and use his image. You know, she she did all that legal yeah, work. Very, and very smart. Yeah. I mean, 
for someone who like at 16 moved in with Elvis, right. you know, right. not a formal education to be smart enough to do that. Yeah, she did. She got it all locked up mm-hmm. and, you know, got, you know, they continued to make money, you know, yeah. Graceland into a museum and it's a tourist attraction and made all this money. And so she amassed a great deal of wealth for her daughter. And mm-hmm. you were saying earlier that um, Lisa Marie maybe like didn't handle the money very well, lost I, a lot of money. Yeah, or... I saw this in some weird, I mean, again, this is not hard hitting journalism here, people. No. I mean, I'm looking at this on page six or something like that. But yeah, I guess there was some talk that she wasn't very good with money and that she had lost some money. I don't know. I mean, I can imagine if she owns that, you know, people are going through Graceland every single day. So I, I don't think she was really hurting for money. But people talked about people saw her at the Golden Globes recently and she yeah. was slurring and a lot of it. I saw some videos. So, it didn't look good. I mean, she looked she didn't look healthy. Yeah. She looked very yeah. thin and gaunt and didn't look good. Oh, God, poor Priscilla, just losing your daughter, losing your grandson and then two years later losing yeah. your daughter. I mean, it's just it's really tragic. And I think that this is what we see in families. It's weird. It's like some of these families and I don't know if it's fame and fortune or, you know, the stuff obviously happens to everybody, but you just see with some of these families, like we talked about with the Madoff stuff, mm-hmm. like there's something about this where this tragedy, just tragedy after tragedy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, well rest in peace. Yes. Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie, I hope you're with your dad and your son and yeah, life is good. Okay. So in something a little more light, this is actually kind of funny. Okay. Allegedly, Kanye West <laughs> got married to this girl, Bianca Sensori. Yes. Who is a, what is, they call her an, she is an architect. Well, yeah, he was one of the staffers who was a, get, the, she's a, she's got an architectural, she's an architect, she is his architectural designer. And so the best is page six wrote this thing. This is funny. Um, It says, one of the exclusive, Kim Kardashian hates Kanye West's new wife, Bianca Sensori. Um, Sensory? Anyway, the world was shocked by news that one, you know, that Kanye West married one of his staffers. So insiders say that the former Miss West has long despised Sensori for no obvious reason, unless that is, you know, that she had suspected there was a certain frisian between Sensori and the rapper turned raving lunatic. <laughs> like, good for you, page six. Kim hates her, says an insider. Um, of course, that insider's probably there at the office. Sources say that it was well known around the Yeezy HQ that the boss's wife didn't like her and suspected that his architectural designer wanted to do more than handle his erections. Ooh. And uh, also, in, in, adds an insider, she's pretty, and Kim hates pretty girls. <laughs> that seems a little crazy, but but they didn't get a they didn't get a um, wedding certificate. No, it's so not it's legal. not a legal marriage. Um, you know, well, let's see, wait and see what happens. But yeah. I, personally, I don't think Kim Kardashian is. I don't think she is. I think f's about oh, this whatsoever. I don't even know who this insider is. She's relieved that you know she's no longer married to him, and she does not 
care. And his focus is not on her and what she's wearing, right. what she's doing and criticizing her constantly. It's focus is now on He can now obsess about this other woman. Yeah, just dress her up and make her yeah. a doll. Well, we'll see if, if this woman is even around in two weeks. Yeah, but I, I just love how page six is just cutting right to it. I love that. Former rapper turned <laughs> raging lunatic. That sums it up. Okay, and then another... Another thing that's been in the news for several weeks, but I don't know why I find this this story just kind of amusing. <laughs> okay, but these Good Morning America hosts. Yes. Um, what is it? Amy Robach, Robach and, and TJ Woodward? Woodward? Oh, God. We should, we should have written this down. Sorry. Not a very professional podcast here. Um, good. I'm just going to look up Good Morning America. I bet you they're the first people that come up. The first, um, here we go. TJ Holmes. TJ Holmes. So you type in Good Morning America, and once you get past their website, <laughs> it's all the, it's all about us about these two. So TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. Um, yes, their affair. They're the, they yes. So Amy was married to Andrew Shu of Melrose Place. Yes, fame. yes. Um, but apparently they had they were divorced they got a divorce the divorce was final mm -hmm. now tj is also married uh -huh. um but it, he and his wife were allegedly separated but according to her we're still working on the marriage mm -hmm. and still talking whatever well they get caught having an affair um and, and they both get and so apparently they get caught having the affair and i think that the ratings went through like they they were still on the air yeah and the ratings went through the work because the pictures of them that were caught, they're like hugging, kissing, grabbing each other. I mean, it's like really, um, you know, spicy. Yeah. It's like a spicy affair. And they're kind of out in public, not really trying to hide. Yeah. So but. is it possible that TJ Holmes didn't think they were working on the marriage and he thought they were separated? I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, but it doesn't look, it's a bad look because... Because of that, and also because apparently he had been, he had had an affair mm -hmm. previously with a producer, I think. It could when he was here that. in San Francisco. Oh, I guess he, he was on a local news channel, channel okay. around here. I don't remember. Yeah, but, and that was with his first wife, I think, because this is his second wife. So yes. he had an affair on the first wife, he got divorced. So, you know, it's just not a good look. And so I guess, yeah, so after they both came back on the air, after the news broke, they were just acting like... <laughs> Fun and flirty, yeah. as always. Like, and and that's when the when the ratings exploded, yes. and then they pulled them off the air. I, what is? I don't even know what's going on now. Well, they're having a investigation. Oh, okay. They're doing an investigation. So I think what they're doing is they're decide. Obviously, they're deciding if they should fire these two or keep them. They're probably testing, doing some market research yeah. to find out. Um, would the ratings be higher uh -huh. if we let them stay on the air mm -hmm. or should we fire them? So that's the right thing to do. I maintain and I and I understand that people are like, well, there's a morality clause. And if you're going to fire, I don't know, Matt Lauer or yeah. these other people, shouldn't you fire them? Personally, Lauer was actually yeah. assaulting. People. Yes. Yes. These, so that, these are consenting. Yes. Adults. And that's what I was yeah. going to say, that, that it was they're two consenting adults. We don't know. We don't we're not inside their marriages. We don't know exactly mm -hmm. what's going on. And quite frankly, it's the fourth hour of the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it is not hard. I mean, I didn't know who these people were <laughs> until this story broke. I was like, who? What? Good Morning America has a fourth hour. Yeah. I've never even seen the first hour. Yes. I mean, I don't I watch these shows. All of these shows, the Today Show and 
um, the Good Morning America, all these morning news shows. I mean, they do do serious stories for the first hour for the first hour and they get their more of their journalists on those stories and they're doing all this. But obviously, as the morning is going on, (laughs) it just gets wilder and wilder (laughs) as people get a little bit. Later in the day, as we get closer to the noon hour. <laughs> and yeah, so what are they doing? Like the 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock hour? And I mean, who cares? Right. I mean, that's the part I don't understand is who cares? Who cares if these two people are having an affair? They're consenting adults. I would tune in. I totally, yeah, I want to see, you know what? see the chemistry. Yeah, I want to see the chemistry. I want to see the two of them together. They obviously have chemistry. They're great on the air together. Yeah. And like, why are we denying ourselves yeah, this? Two good looking people. Jeez. Like, let us yeah. have some fun. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so we'll report back to the results of the investigation. We'll see what happens. Well, now this is saying that they may sue. So they're saying TJ Holmes and Amy Rubark are saying that we're going to sue ABC if they get fired. Oh. I wonder what their grounds are for that. But they feel like, um, oh, no, wait, it says, oh, God, who knows what these stories? It's hard to tell. Yeah, this is speculation. Like, yeah, it's all speculation. No one really knows for sure. But I don't know. I I say keep them on the air. Who cares? It's not. It's not hard hitting news. It's not no. anything of great importance. Our world is so <clears throat> bizarre. There, news is not what it once was. So let's stop pretending like it is, and see it for what it is. Which is, if this is just good fun, I mean, it's okay for Hoda and Kathy Lee to drink four yeah. or five glasses of wine, right, and talk about whatever they want. Let these two flirt. What do I care? I, uh, I don't care. Yeah. All right. So another topic people have been complaining about yes. is this whole um, Nepo babies. Nepo babies. So Nepo for nepotism. So, you know, there's a lot of people in working in Hollywood, yes. working in news, working in whatever, who, um, you know, they benefit from nepotism. Mm-hmm. And I I benefit from nepotism. I work mm-hmm. for my father. Um. And I don't really see any, I don't understand what the big deal is. It's a family business. Yeah. You know, there's lots of family businesses and like, uh, oh, someone was criticizing, which actor was it? Tom Hanks? Oh, Tom Hanks' son is in his new Yeah. And Tom, oh yeah. And Tom Hanks basically said, it's a family business. Yes. Like, what is the big deal? And you were talking about Judd Apatow. Yeah. People daughter. are mad that Maude Apatow is going to be in an off-Broadway production of Little House, Little Shop of Horrors. I'm like, I mean, it's an off-Broadway production yeah. of a show that's been out forever. What do you right. care? Can she sing? Oh, I don't know. Like, right. But yeah, I mean, it is, there's nepotism everywhere. I also want to say that when I was in Hollywood, I also benefited from nepotism because our aunt got me my first internship in LA like I got that because I knew someone in the industry that got me my next internship that internship got me my next job the next job right Mm -hmm. so I had those we all have people in our lives that introduce us to other people and yes for you you for example right like you were able to make this transition from working as a criminal attorney to doing more civil litigation because of our father. And yes, if you had interviewed at a bunch of law firms, most likely you wouldn't have gotten a job because you didn't have the background. And yeah, that helped you tremendously. But you've been, and this is the part that people need to hear is, is that you've Dad would have fired you a long time ago if you really sucked. I mean, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty hardcore. Yeah. So, and that's the same thing with these Nepo babies. And just for my limited time in Hollywood is this, that yes, if you 
you know, I remember when I was there, the big thing was Kate Hudson, Kate Hudson, you know, and you saw her. And it was like, oh, my God, it's it's Goldie Hawn at age 20 again. It was amazing to see her because she looked so much like her. And yeah, Kate Hudson didn't have to work a waitressing job while she, you know, tried to get an agent to sign her. You know, she obviously her mom said, here, I'm going to introduce you to an agent. So all of these kids, Mon Apatow, Riley Kehoe, like all yeah. of these people that we're talking Cindy about. Cindy Crawford's daughter. Kaya Gerber, Kaya Gerber. Who was just God. And, and again, you, if you don't have the talent, it's not going to work. Yeah. If Kaya Gerber wasn't the spitting image of her mother. She would not be modeling. Well, okay? that's the other part it's of like, it. Yeah. You have to have the ability to act, the ability to do whatever it is. So it's not. I mean, yeah, the, they're getting their foot in the door mm -hmm. because of their parents and maybe getting a job because of their parents, but they're not going to stick around long if they can't deliver. Yeah. No, that's very true because, because yes, that the parents are going to help you, you. These parents are going to help you get an agent and they're going to help you maybe get a name manager. They'll get you in these rooms The you might get, uh, your agent might put you out for some shows and the casting director might be, it might be novel for the casting director to want to see like, Ooh, who's, uh, you know, who's Judd Apatow's daughter? Let me check her out and see what she's like. But at the, yeah, at the end of the day, you have to do the work. Yeah. You have to, you have to you be have good. To deliver. If Kate Hudson couldn't, couldn't get the lines out and couldn't do it, she would have been out. Maude Apatow, all of these people that we're talking about, they, yes, they had a huge step up and it was much easier for them, but yeah, you have to do the work. And they were, they're children of celebrities. So the other part of it too is, is that a lot of them were very attractive, mm -hmm. you know, because attractive people coming together and birthing more attractive, you know, mm -hmm. people, a lot of them are, are attractive. And this is what they have been surrounded by their entire lives. And it's feasible. A lot of, one reason why a lot of people don't go to Hollywood is it is really hard to make it. And a lot of people decide that's just too difficult. That's just too hard. And so, but if you're one step removed from it, it, it it's possible. Right. Right. And like I said, you, you know that like small family businesses make up most of the businesses in this country. Mm -hmm. This is, this happens yeah. all day, every day, everywhere. It just happens to, and it happens in Hollywood, yes. which is just a different forum and it's, you know, much more amplified and we all see it and know about it, but this is nothing new. So everyone... Take a chill because <laughs> trust me, if you were famous and you could put your kid in a you movie, know. you would do it. I yeah. would do it. Well, and also if your parents are both actors and you have, you want to act or you're curious about it. And yeah, I mean, if, if I wanted to become a lawyer, you know, and if I wanted to do it, I, I would maybe have a job unlike someone else. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I think that people just like talking about it and kind of, I think, the other part of it, too, is it seems, especially now with everything, social media and we're so into everybody's lives all the time. So many of these celebrities that we've grown up with are now have these kids. Yeah. And I think it's just become really novel to see like, ooh, that's Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's kid. Yeah. I, I don't know how, I don't know, when I was a kid and, well, you could go back in time. You have like, um, oh, you know. Martin Sheen and oh, yeah. you know we have Charlie Sheen, Milio Estevez, you have the Douglas, Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas. I mean, this has always existed. Tippy Hedren and Melanie, Melanie Griffith. Griffith. Um, you know, it, this has always existed. This yeah. is nothing new. Yes. Nothing new. Nothing new. Okay. Okay. So, the last thing we want to talk about is and this uh segues into uh we're going to start covering 
the show 90 Day Fiance the other way. I think it premieres, is it the 29th? The 29th, Sunday the 29th. So January 29th. So So the Monday the 30th show will be about... Will be about it. About... Now, 90 Day Fiance is a very popular um, Mm -hmm. franchise. If you're listening to this pop culture um, podcast, I'm sure you know all about it. But, you know, basically it started out as... uh, a reality show where people, uh, Americans, mm-hmm. would bring um, uh, their partners. partners over from other countries. There's something called a um, K-1 visa, where if you are engaged, you can have your fiancé come over here, and you have to get married within 90 days, and then you can start the immigration process. Mm-hmm. So they were profiling couples that were doing this. And so um, it's a very popular show. And then along the way, they started branching out and doing sort of different iterations of the show. And this iteration, 90 Day the Other Way, is where an American goes to live. Not necessarily, they don't have like the equal immigration process um, like we have, but um, not necessarily to immigrate, but goes to another country to live with someone who they've met, fallen in love with, and they want to see if they can go live there yeah. and be with them. And a lot of times it's because for some reason, the uh, the person in the other country can't get a K-1 visa. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of countries I think that are, they're more suspicious of, mm-hmm. or maybe they have a criminal record or, you know, they can't yeah. get a K-1 visa. So they're coming, they're they're going there. And as if you followed 90 Day Fiance that you know that, right? In the beginning, it was real couples, people that fell in love and happened to be on this show and all of that. The downside of what's happened, and this happens with all reality shows, it happens with the Housewives, it happens everywhere, which is that as the show became more and more popular, more and more people got on there that were like, oh, this is my ticket to stardom. Mm-hmm. This is my t- ticket to fame. And that's when I stopped watching the show. I was just like, I cannot watch... Colty and what was her name? Larissa. Larissa argue, you know, in front of that Vegas slot machine any longer about anything. But I always feel like the other way was more, was able to keep its authenticity Mm -hmm. because it's a bigger deal for an American to go live in another country than vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And and exactly what you're saying, because there are usually other problems Mm -hmm. that are going on Mm -hmm. then. And again, like anything else, the people that are the the people that like have made it and lasted are the least problematic are the ones that are really in love and you know the other ones so are we we're going to go through and talk about the couple we're going to we're going to talk about the couples it's just a short introduction yes and to to that so the first couple is jen who's from oklahoma and rishi who's from india after meeting in a hotel lobby on a trip to india jen took a hard pass on rishi fast forward a month she said yes to his marriage proposal Okay, what happened there? Um, Rishi is facing a lot of pressure from his family as they want to set up an arranged marriage and to make matters more complicated, they have no idea about his relationship with Jen. That's going to be very interesting. That's a lot. So now we know, like, from watching another couple, Jenny and Sumit, these Indian families do not take kindly yep. to Americans coming <laughs> over and wanting to marry their children. Well, and you know, yeah. yeah, they want their children to marry another Indian per- person and they want to arrange it and pick the right person. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, and I've had this with clients of mine here in the U.S. where there are 
you know, they might fall in love with someone who is also Indian, but they're from a different sect. Right. And that is a big deal. That is also a big deal. Yeah, sorry, classist system. Yeah, and I've had clients sort of explain to me, like, if you have this last name, this is where you're from. If you have this last name and this is what this means. And I've heard some stories and it's always, always so surprising to me because this very Americanized way of thinking about it is, oh, you love each other. Right. It's love. Make us chirp. And come on and all this. But um, for, I assume, Rishi's family, this is no joke. No, this is not going to go well. And they don't, it sounds like they don't know that she's coming. Like, yeah, they don't know about his relationship with her. Oh, and I don't understand why she said a hard pass. And then a month later, she's like, yes, let's go. But who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. Okay. You want to read this one? Or go ahead and read it. It's too far away. All right. Chris, uh, Chris is from Alabama and J J E. Why am I? How would you? Jamie? Jamie? Jemmy? Jamie. I think so is Chris it, is a woman and Jamie's, Jamie's a woman. Woman. Uh, and Jamie's from Columbia. So Chris has faced many challenges in her life, but has now built a strong foundation for her family in the U.S. She risks everything to move to Columbia to marry Jamie, who she has never met in person. The clock is ticking with their wedding plan for just days after Chris arrives in Columbia. What Why? Why is making your life so hard yeah. here? But I wonder if that's a integration thing or... Well, I doubt that this gay marriage even legal in Columbia. That's a good question. I don't know. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's a religious thing. Maybe she feels like she has to marrow right away. I don't know. We, this I can just tell is this is I don't know. Be. And the other thing is, Chris has finally gotten her life together in the U.S. Just like with these sister wives, like why are you now doing this? Yeah. Right, your life is just together, and you're now making you know you're now going to add this. All right, now this is the next couple. This these Liz look really interesting. I like her look. Nicole from California and Ma- Mahmoud from Egypt. Nicole met Mahmoud in a fabric store on her last day of a spiritual tour through Egypt. On that very first day, he proposed. Wow. Nicole traveled back to Egypt three weeks later to get married without informing her family and friends until after the fact. Now she's ready to go all in on her move to Egypt. But Nicole worries that some cultural differences may be too big to overcome. So this is they meet. They meet Wait, so they, they're not married. Yeah, okay. you know, they are married. So she's on the spiritual tip trip. Mm-hmm. She meets him in a fabric store. That same day he proposes. She goes, comes back home, stays here for three weeks, goes back there, marries him without telling anybody, probably then comes back home, tells everyone she got married. Mm-hmm. And now they're probably like, what are you doing? And now she's moving to Egypt for them to be together. Oh, wow. That's a lot too. Oof. Okay. Danielle, New York, and Johan, Dominican Republic. Okay. Fresh from 90 Day Fiance, Love in Paradise. So I guess I didn't see this version because I saw another one. This couple is no stranger to the struggles of living separate lives in different countries. Now, Danielle is leaving her home and job in New York City in an effort to convince Johan to make the Dominican Republic their forever home. Now, I saw this couple on the Love in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, there's they don't say their ages, but Jen is probably... No, Danielle. I'm, I'm sorry. Danielle is probably... Uh, late 50s? Late, no. 60s? No, 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 no. She's like maybe 50. Okay. Late 40s, around 50. Oh, God, that's my age. I feel like I would Okay. Well, well God, okay. maybe I look older than I think. Okay, go keep going. Oh, no, you're looking. You're, you're, you're fine, Tess. Don't worry. Um, Johan is like 25. Oh, yeah. so he's, yeah. very, he's very young. He works at this resort. 
Um, and he's kind of like, you know, the hot. Mm. Yeah, he's cute. I can resort th- guy. He's, this side, he looks very he's cute. Super tall. He's like yeah. seven feet tall. He's like very good looking. Very muscular. And she's she's very cute too. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a huge age difference. And like, she's just, she's mature. She's yeah. mature. She's responsible. He's just kind of like, eh, you know. And you must, you talk to people that are younger. I mean, I work with young people all day, every day. And I talk to my younger clients and I'm like, Oh God, I cannot imagine marrying a 25 year old at my age. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't know the substance or the that young. Yeah. And what would we talk about? You know, um, like, I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's basically, he's super hot. Yeah. You know, and they probably have great sex. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't mean you get married or go live together or. I'm, yeah. Yeah. What, you know, Danielle, why can't he just be in the Dominican Republic and you go down there maybe once a quarter? Yeah. Have a little vacation. Have a little get your groove back on and then come back a week later and then come on back down again. I mean, and she's also going to be, well, the one thing she has going for her, she does speak Spanish. Mm, So there's not a language. A lot of times there's a language. Oh, God. The ones who don't even speak the same language. So she speaks Spanish, but like in the Love in Paradise show, like, Money was an issue, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, she's basically supporting him. Yeah, you know, and but she's giving up her career in New York, where I'm sure she made a. I don't know what she did, but I mean, to what is she going to do in the Dominican Republic? I don't know. Oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, and then where are we? Um, okay, Gabriel is from Florida, and Isabel is from Colombia. Gabe is a budding entrepreneur who travels to Colombia for work. He meets Isabel, who accepts him for who he is, a transgender man. As their relationship fortifies, so do their fears of acceptance. So I think this is going to be the most very complicated and very interesting. We watched a clip um, on the the trailer Mm -hmm. online where they're going. It's a a scene where they're in Colombia and they are going to tell her parents about Gabriel's quote unquote secret. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go tell her parents that that he's a transgender man. Why they need to uh, yeah, know that? I don't think anybody needs need to know it. To, it's that's nobody's business, you know, and it's like why are you telling and she's saying um I can't believe I have to choose between, you know, my love and my family. So obviously they probably give her an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Like either you get rid of this person or you're or we're gone well what's really interesting is i feel like i I wonder if they weren't on the show if gabe and isabel would even say anything to her family i this and listen i have nothing to back this up but part of me kind of feels like tlc it's tlc part of me feels like tlc likes the story because it's it's new and different for them and it's something that's happening in the world today but that that if and and obviously because it's on TV, the family is going to find out about right about Gabe. So if they talk about it on TV, and there's a part of me that wonders, couldn't TLC just say, "Well, d- we'll never talk about it." Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why why does anyone need to know? Well, that's probably why they got cast. They probably said, we'll cast you, but you have you to. Have, that's this, what I'm saying. Yeah, this is, has to be your storyline. So I guess I wonder just why could they have just not chosen to be on the show? Yeah, they they tell people that only need to know. And yeah, well, Bailey doesn't need to know. They obviously want to be on the show more than they want 
Or I don't know. Listen, I don't know what it's like to be transgender. So maybe for Gabe, this is really important that this is maybe that everybody knows his his truth is truth. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So but that's going to be that's That's I think that's very um, that's so far. They haven't had anyone transgender on the show. Okay, this is our last couple. Debbie, who's from Georgia and Usama Usama from Morocco. They connected through a love of art, and despite Debbie being 43 years his senior, fell in love because their souls connected. Debbie is packing her bags to spend the rest of her life in Morocco with Usama? Usama. Usama, sorry. Although she faces skepticism from her family, Debbie is going in with her eyes and heart wide open. I don't don't see this happening. Well, 43-year age difference, no. Morocco. I mean, and what's really hard, and we saw this with Nicole and Azen, which is yeah. these Middle Eastern, these countries yeah. are not easy okay. for women. And also he's probably, okay, if she's 43 years older, what do you think? He's like maybe 25? Yeah. I mean, she, she looks like about 65 Yeah. Yeah. So I bet you he's like 22, 23, 24, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and again, and the, the, we've had on previous seasons, couples similar to this. You know, the the man always wants to have a child. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is not possible yes. for this woman. And yeah, culturally, religiously, mm-hmm. everything about this yeah. is just it's just not gonna work. Well, and we've seen this where culturally for the man, yes, he wants to have a child and that he, you know, it's a patriarchal society, right? Mm-hmm. So he wants to be in charge. And then the woman comes in and says, This is because we're we Americans yeah. stomp right into every country and go look at us our way or the highway, and these women they come in and they say, "Well, I've been I'm always been in charge of my life, or I'm an independent person," and then they fight about it. It's like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, they go to these countries where, um, yeah, they're expected the men are all going to expect them to act a certain way, and they're like, "Well, wait a minute, like I'm an independent American." Yeah, yeah, like. Did you not, I mean, cut. Did you not think this through? Could you just Google, like, you know, (laughs) just Google, like, Morocco. Like, I feel like gender roles in Morocco, (laughs) something. I feel like, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like this, they cast them on the show and they said, don't do anything now. Like, don't read anything or look at anything (laughs) at all. We want you to be surprised. Like, don't do any research. Don't do any research. (laughs) How did they meet this? Um... Through art, I think they met online. They connected through the love of art and despite, you know, I I think that, honestly, I think that he probably slid into her DMs. Because <laughs> oh, you get, I get those people too on my Facebook or Instagram that are like, hey, what's up? Yeah, right. uh, but yeah they slide yeah. into your DMs. And answer them. And maybe she saw had something on Instagram that she thought was beautiful and he commented on. So that's, they fell in love through the art. Wow. Well, this is going to be a show. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. All right. Oh, boy. Okay. So um, those were our hot topics. Please, um, if you like, if you're interested in 90 Day Fiance the other way, tune in for our first um, recap of that, which would be the 30th of January. Yep. It'd be every Monday. Yep. And... um, Thanks so much. Um, if you like the podcast or enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate it if you would subscribe mm-hmm. and also uh, rate and review. Give us a five-star review. That really helps 
helps to spread the word. Yeah. And um, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.